0: plus. 18
1: plus hey everybody welcome to this week's episode of the big ticket variety and iHeart's movie podcast i'm your host mark malkin Today, Ben Platt. I sat down with the Tony winner and star of The Politician at the 92nd Street Y in New York City. We talked about working with Gwyneth Paltrow, the musical movies he'd love to star in, and how he gets himself to cry so well on camera. I have that and a whole lot more from Ben Platt after the break.
0: I've got one word for you. Tom Cruise. On this new weekly podcast, Meeting Tom Cruise, we're going to talk about Tom Cruise. We're going to talk to people who have met Tom Cruise. Why? Why? because Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. Is he, though? Shut your mouth. Everyone who has met him has an amazing story to tell. And that's where I met Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. When I hear the bathroom door open, and it's Tom Cruise. Hey, everybody, I'm Jeff Meacham. You might know me as Josh Openhol from TV's Blackish, and I'm here with the goose to my maverick. Hey, I'm Joel Johnstone, and you might know me as Archie on The Marvelous Mrs. Mason. And I'm Alec Lev, and you might... Nope. No one knows you from anything. Listen, we love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. But while we live work in Hollywood we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have and maybe one of them will lead us to the man himself so we can have our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. Does it really have to just be about Tom Cruise? Shut up! Why are you here? Listen to Meeting Tom Cruise on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Now, here's Ben Platt. Hi, Ben Platt. How are you? Welcome to the 92nd Street Y. Thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have you played here before? I did a talk with Michael Greif and Jen Laura Thompson. No, just Michael Greif, but I talked about Jen Laura Thompson um, during Evan Hansen. Nice.
1: So, how are you? I'm good.
2: The politician
1: I'm, is out. It's Finally.
2: Out. It's all happened. This last weekend was like kind of everything happening at once. So, I'm sort of on a bit of a come down now in the best way. Like, <laughs> just we're getting back to the earth. But it's been an exciting week.
1: What's some of the fun reactions you've had to the politician?
2: A lot of people just devour it. Like they, I've, I get texts from people in my fr- my family that they or my friends that they're starting it, and then the next morning I get another text that like I finished the whole thing. I'm, I'm <laughs> at the end. Well, I want more. Bet and Judith. <laughs> um, I think it's just really addicting in, in the best way. And I think I'm also surprised by the scope of the uh, sort of different walks of life of people that are finding things in it that they love. I, I think mean, it's,
1: everyone's has to be able to find someone they can relate to in the show. That's I mean, true.
2: Every s- spectrum
1: of Color, identity, everything's there. It is. How how special is that to be part of a show? I mean, me growing up, I would never see a show like that. There's no way.
2: It means everything. I mean, that's what I knew I'd be getting with Ryan Murphy, particularly after Glee, which was so formative for me in high school, which had characters that were incredibly revolutionary, particularly in far, as far as queerness is concerned. And now it's that, even that next step where there's even more fluidity and more sort of general queer sort of live, like no one is free from the queerness really in the show. And it's never oppressive and it's never traumatic and it's never commented on. It's just part of what colors the action. And I think it's exactly the kind of show I'm excited that young people are watching.
1: When you were starting out, did you think there could be a show like this, that you could be the star of a show that is so queer?
2: No. I mean, I, I didn't think I could be a star of a show in general starting out. <laughs> I, I think I was like, I'll do Broadway, I can be on stage, <laughs> and I'll play, you know, Jimmy and Tony Modern Millie and some <laughs> Nathan Detroit, and that'll be that. And I'd still like to do those things. But I think as I've, life has progressed, the, my, my view of what's possible has grown and grown and grown.
1: Gwyneth Paltrow, tell me about the first day on set.
2: She, uh, first time I met her was first just the scene we shot of the whole piece, which was in the pilot where she's in the red Carolina Herrera gown.
1: That's your first scene. (laughs)
2: First scene we shot of the whole thing. So it was like, you know, jumping right in. And in this gorgeous, like ostentatious <laughs> garden where she's like w- walking down this row of topiaries in her beautiful sun hat and red dress and saying like, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Gwyneth. And that was the beginning. And I feel like that's exactly how everybody should meet Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I feel like that's what she promises. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, but it was wonderful. She was warm and maternal and, and lovely and just treated me so with so much kindness and so much protectiveness. And how much do you pinch yourself? Pretty often. I mean, my mom really helps me a lot. I talk yeah. to her on the phone pretty much every day, my mom and my dad. And we try to process everything that's happened in that day and really take it in, not let it pass by, Like right. particularly with this Radio City show that I played last weekend. I really tried to be Radio there and, and see musical. it happen and not let it fly <laughs> by me. I
1: yeah. did see you do karaoke there, though, during the talk. You're right, I did. <laughs> Very unexpected karaoke, which is that I was karaoke. not warned about <laughs> Um when you first sat down with Ryan Murphy, what did he say to you? What did he, how did he pitch you?
2: He said to me, you've been playing all these guys who wear their hearts on their sleeves and they're sweet and they're meek and they're anxious, and I'd like you to play someone now that I've created for you who is egomaniacal and confident and holds his head high and dresses well and takes up space and is has sociopathic tendencies even. And, um And it really sold me on the character first and then explained to me what the piece was and the concept for the show in general and conceptually and also visually, aesthetically. He laid everything out and told me about Gwyneth and Brad and Ian and um, just really clearly laid out the vision to the point where I could really envision the show and see it. Um, And it made it really easy to say yes to because I kind of could see what I was getting into. I mean, I could never really have guessed, (laughs) but I at least had a sense.
1: Now, I know I've talked to you a little bit about this, but I, I need to know the crying how do you do it? You are just, it literally, it's so amazing. I like, I could just watch you cry. It, it's, it really <laughs>
2: differs. I mean, in Evan Hansen, it was like all about the music and right. the journey as a whole. And I got the opportunity to have an hour and a half of story before I had to arrive at that point. On camera it's like you know you're dropping into those moments right. randomly in the middle of the weekday <laughs> so it's all about for me knowing when those days are coming and waking up and being in the right headspace listening to the right kind of music maybe not talking to people as much during the day in the More morning leading up to too. the scene I have a playlist of songs I love some like some Sarah Bareilles songs really get to me <laughs> some songs from once um, some songs that have real meaning to me and my family, like Child of Mine by Carole King, and just Mm. things that make me kind of existential and deep and think about things that make me want to cry.
1: So now let's talk about Sondheim. Mm -hmm. So you're signed up for a movie for 20 years?
2: 18, but give or take. How weird is that? It's bizarre. It's very heady, and it's like a real leap of faith, and it's a real passion thing for everyone involved, and we're just going to try to take it one sequence at a time. So
1: are you filming it backwards?
2: Uh, Well, we're filming it. But yeah, I guess as far as the film goes backwards, but right. in time, very literally. So we shot our first scene that takes place in 1957 uh, this summer. And the next scene, I think, is in like 59 or 60. So we'll wait exactly that amount of time, two or three years, shoot the next scene and so on and so forth.
1: That has to be weird. It's, it's bizarre. Just... I mean, it's like doing
2: nine short films over the course of the rest of my right. life, essentially. But if there's anything I'm open to like doing every so often, it's getting together with my best friend, Beanie, and singing's <laughs> on time and making a little short movie and And then you just know you always have a
1: job at least for the next thing. That's true. That's true.
2: No matter what happens, I've got something. Um, were you a fan of the show? Huge fan of the show. Beanie and I both, it's meant a lot to both of us in our lives. And I used to listen to Franklin Shepard Inc in the car all the time. And me and Beanie have always felt like Charlie and Mary. And it's, it's, it's always had, particularly for her with Lady Bird and with, Mm -hmm. uh, her uh, stage door manner, her our, our cabaret there that they used to sing our time in. It's just it's followed her around and uh, throughout her life. When so I was a
1: kid, my dream was to go to stage door manner.
2: Mine too, and, and then Beena told me went, I, what, I shouldn't come. I shouldn't never
1: come. I wonder I ended up going to like regular sleepaway camps that like were about sports and it was
2: horrible. Yeah. I went to Jewish summer camp, so I didn't yeah. have a choice.
1: Yeah, mine were Jewish, but they were sports. And there was the, the one where, like, the ones where, like, you can't call your parents for the first two weeks to get adjusted. And I literally would be ten years old. I'm like, if I can't call my parents,
2: I'm gonna kill someone. <laughs> yeah, gonna, and I literally was on the
1: phone. I'm like, I just want to do arts and uh, crafts. Yeah, I'd be
2: homesick for the first like three of the four weeks, and then have like five really fun days, and then go home.
1: Now we're going to take another short break. When we come back, Ben talks about more crying, this time crying while watching Renee Zellweger and Judy. Plus, he opens up about when and why he decided to come out as gay. Stick around.
0: Do you ever wish you could get more from your podcast? Well, you can with BuzzFeed Daily, hosted by me, Casey Rackham. And me, Zach Safford. On our show, we've got more good news and more pop culture. More memes and more celebrity tea. More of everything that's blowing up your timeline and trending on the internet. Every weekday evening, we're giving you more of what you need to enjoy your day. Because what's life if it isn't to be enjoyed? Listen to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And we're back with Ben Platt.
2: Have you seen Judy? I have seen Judy and I loved Renee so much. I thought she was pretty transformative and really channeling her. And, and I thought it was really smart to pick that really specific moment in her life. Yes. I just loved her. She made me cry multiple times.
1: And I loved you and Beanie doing Judy. And
2: what else? I mean, what else did we say? The video
1: that I had on Twitter, which I think you retweeted. Yes. I'm so glad you you captured it. You literally hear me go, Oh, I (laughs) was the only one who knew what was coming. And I like, Everyone from Variety was there. I was like, so listen. This, this is very iconic. an iconic moment. <laughs> the only time they sang together. So when mm-hmm. are you guys going to go on the road together with that?
2: I don't know. Beanie's too busy being a huge, giant movie star and yes. playing Monica Lewinsky and being in The Humans. So she, she's whenever her schedule opens up. I mean, you've got to do it. So the, one day. The we'll, new we'll, Judy I mean, and Barbara. We'll keep finding things to perform together, I think.
1: Um, what's the one movie you could watch over
2: and over again and never get bored? I really love Pleasantville. It's yeah. like Reese Witherspoon, Tobey Maguire, Joan Allen, Jeff that? Daniels. It's beautiful aesthetically, and it's meaningful, but it's not so heavy, and the score is so beautiful, the Randy Newman score. I don't know. I just love it. I've always have.
1: What's the last movie that made you cry?
2: Judy. This weekend yeah. with my mom. Yeah. Wh- the, wh- over wh- the right rainbow. We- oh, no, yeah, Where she loses her way.
1: And then the telephone booth. Oh my telephone. God, with her,
2: with her daughter. I mean,
1: I mean, that's just... Forget about <laughs>
2: it. <laughs> uh, first R-rated movie you ever saw. Ooh. What is the first R-rated movie? Maybe Anchorman? Is that R? Or is it PG-13? It's a good question. Increment's like, like the first like adult humor movie right. I saw, and I was like, I'm obsessed with this.
1: What did you remember about? What do you remember?
2: It's about? just hilarious. Everything about it is quotable. I'm in a glass case of emotion. I love lamp. I mean, <laughs> I could go on and on. Like his warm ups, where he's like, the the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's, he's he really tickles my. Me. I mean, that and Bridesmaids are probably my the movies that make me laugh the most. It's,
1: it's Just Melissa McCarthy. I mean, every single really one of them. nothing better than Melissa McCarthy no. and Ben And the
2: fact that she was nominated for an Oscar in that I literally said to her very I very special.
1: I did a reaction, like when she got nominated, I did one of those like phone call reactions, like what does it feel like and I said I can't believe I said this. I said, Melissa, you just got nominated for an Oscar for shitting in a sink. I'm <laughs> on other things, but yeah, it's true. She's like, Mark, I didn't really do it. <laughs> I'm like, but it's pretty amazing. It's <laughs> incredible. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about music. Sure. That video with Charlie. Mm. Again, did you ever think you'd be making, when you're making your music, you're starting out, I'm going to make music, I'm going to make a video about Two Minute Love.
2: Um, For me, it was more the decision of I'm going to make stuff about my actual experiences, and I'm going to make things that are personal and that are specific and Uh honest. And I think once I made that decision on whole, the part of, it being two men just sort of came with that. It wasn't really mm-hmm. like a conscious decision of I'm going to be public about this because right. to go in and edit my relationship seemed silly for, mm-hmm. for no reason. Um, and I don't think I realized kind of the gravity of it until it was out and I was seeing people's reactions to right. it, particularly like older queer couples who don't don't have that much. Like it, What I loved is that younger people were less kind of phased by it, which is great, but also I'm, I love that it's meaningful to people to see that kind of representation. And
1: I mean, it's still revolutionary. For sure. Did it, was there any point in your career where someone said to you, like,
2: mm, back it up? Yeah, I mean, there, there was never, like, a gung-ho, like, let's come out as soon as possible. Right. Because it's, you know, no matter how forward-thinking we all get, it's it becomes an obstacle a little bit you yep. know, in the case of auditioning and producers and casting directors. And hopefully we're moving a bit beyond that. But I think when... I wasn't eager to talk about it as its own item because again mm-hmm. I I feel like we should move beyond the announcement of it all right. but when it became integral to the work that I was doing and the like the art that I was making and mm-hmm. it was com- relevant then it felt like of course I need to talk about it now.
1: And you realize like you will help save lives. Oh, and sure. I know that's heavy but it's you know what I talk about all the time is all about visibility.
2: 100%. It's
1: just one kid sees you and it's just and I again, I go back to you know I'm of a certain age where we just we didn't see any of that. I just think about it like when I was growing up, if I got the chance, I mean I think my mother took me to go see. It wasn't even Birdcage then; it was La Cage aux Faux hmm. on 68th Street. Actually, there was a movie theater on 68th Street, and that was like my intro. Um, and to think now you just turn. I mean, pose.
2: That's I mean, How pose do you, is insane.
1: I try to explain that to people who just to younger people Mm -hmm. because, like you said, it's just that's what it is. Right. But I've been I was here in New York. It was the season two premiere, and I'm on the carpet with all all the stars. And I'm like, I'm looking down this carpet, and every person being interviewed is a trans woman.
2: Mm -hmm. It's amazing. That
1: is just revolutionary.
2: It's Ryan Ryan Murphy for you. It's
1: really amazing. So, what do you want to do next? What's your dream
2: project? (sighs) Oh boy. I mean, first I gotta do season two, which we start in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I get to work a lot more with Ben and Judith, which I'm very excited about. I'd um, love to do some more film. I think that's the like kind of the area that I would like to stretch in the most, mm-hmm. now that I've had this sort of TV experience and I get to have it again for the second season. And um, so I'd love to do any, I mean, what musical mu- film. What is musical, is musical
1: right? do you want to do on film?
2: On film, I mean, um, I, I think they're making A Little Shop. That would be cool. If, if Evan Hansen comes together, that'd be cool. Um my dream is somewhere either on stage or on screen to do Sunday at some point and play George one day some I mean that's there's everyone, no there's no rush for that I like that one. everyone's dream. Of, right? I know right? that's like the ultimate. W- if I even if I have to do it in my apartment, I will I will make it happen. <laughs>
1: do a YouTube
2: video. That and and uh I'd love to do Bobby and company, I'd love to do Leo Frank and Parade. Okay. Um There's, there's a couple there's a bucket list. But I there's no rush. No rush, one day at a time. Hmm. Ben, thank you. Thank You're you. amazing. Thanks. Thank you. Congratulations
1: on everything. Thank you. That was Ben Platt. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Coming up next week, Emma Stone and the cast of Zombieland, Double Tap. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. See you next time.